0: This is Navigating the Machzor, which is the prayer book for the season of Ah, the High Holy Days. The idea is that this um, unit of the class is intended to help us understand the morning service, getting us through the Shema. The focus is going to be on the morning liturgy, the introduction to morning prayer, the texts, and some of the vocabulary that's going to get us through it. Now, for Bonnie and a couple of others who have participated in the Cedor class, a little bit of that vocabulary is going to be a little bit of a uh, repeat And that's okay and good, but um, it's actually intentional as well. Part of my intention is actually to give you a sense of the parallels between the Sidor and the Mahsor. So for us to delve into some of the similarities is intentional. I encourage you to follow along in the Mahsor I encourage you to use any or you like, but as I said, I'm going to use the Lev Shalim. And as I pointed out to the students who participated in the Sidor class I did last, part of the beauty of the Jewish tradition is that we have these genizas, these uh, attic-like spaces in the Jewish tradition where we have where people buried, so to speak, uh, their texts with God's name on them, and the marginalia—the marginal notes that people put in them—that is their marginal scribbles. From out of history is some of what we learn from best. So, I want Karen's marginalia and Denise's scribbles and Suzanne's scribbles. Right? I want your scribbles. Your scribbles are holy, and don't let anybody tell you it's wrong to write in a prayer book. There's no reason it's wrong to write in a prayer book. It's actually great for you. If you want to write in pencil, fine. Uh, but it's actually helpful to go right into it. So I encourage you to write in your or Go for it. Go ahead and write in your Mocsor if that's something that's exciting to you. So grab that Mocsor if you want. But again, I'll be putting it up on the screen when we get there. I will give you, in giving you access to this slide, that little link, too, to getting to that licensed version version of Mox Lev Shalem. We will also likely be purchasing licenses for much of our congregation for those who are interested in accessing it digitally this year. So starting the day, you know, some people have a lot of questions about where we get the rules of prayer anyway, uh, and some people really like dates. If your eyes kind of, glaze over when you think about dates. You don't have to think about these dates so much, but I do want you to think about where the rules of prayer come from. Um, They start way back in temple times when prayer meant sacrificing animals and responding to the commands in the Torah that we should make offerings to God. And they continue on through rabbinic times, which get codified as oral law around the year 200 of the Common Era, just about. The Tosefta is either a parallel earlier or later texts, depending on which scholar you listen to. And then there's the Talmud, which gets codified as oral law around the year 600. And that's the conversation in response to the Mishnah and the Tosefta and similar texts of that era, um, in which the rabbis sort of have a back and forth about when should you pray. Actually, the very first conversation, if you follow the uh, the Talmud in order and the Mishnah as well, uh, is from Brachot, is the conversation, when, does, when can Shema first be said? So from the first get-go, we were talking about how and when to pray. And then there are the codes. And the codes are for people like me who look at stories and think that stories are wonderful, but also, okay, but how do I live by them? I need codes. I need kind of like a rule book to live by. It's much simpler to kind of just look at a list of rules Some of the ones you might have heard of are the Shulchan Aruch, the Mishnah Torah, the medieval era, and beyond uh, are famous for some of the most enduring code books that take the conversation from the Talmud and kind of take the winners from those discussions. They don't invent rules of their own. They take from the rabbinic tradition and codify them. Get it? Codes, codifying, that's the whole point. And then rabbinic responsa are exactly what they sound like. They're responses to questions. People have been sending rabbis Questions about when and how to pray for a very long time. Those started a long time ago, and guess what? They continue even until today. If you weren't here before for this instruction, just know that if you want me to pause on anything or have a question, by the way, this is only one very small chunk of the course today where I'm going through a few introductory slides. But while I'm going through these slides, it's just hard for me to see questions in the chat. So if you have ideas, questions you want me to pause for a moment, Just let me know by unmuting yourself and then I can do my best. I want us to think about a couple of things. Again, some of these are overlapping with the C door class that we had just a while ago, which is this idea of, you know, am I supposed to start my day with prayer? Does it really just start in the synagogue when I walk in the door? And we're going to look, we're actually going to start today from Birkoda Shachar on uh, the days of awe in the morning. And that Birkoda Shachar, those blessings in the morning, were intended to be done through the morning rituals at home. So what's different about these rituals that are done before leaving the home? They're tied into those rituals. They're tied into ritual moments and the doing of other things. Prayer in the synagogue is just that. It's tied to being in a synagogue community and just doing prayer. It's sort of divorced from those other ritual interactions. Welcome to the Hovenstens. Good to have you here. Okay. We're easing our way into the prayer. And oh. There's the Mishnah. Remember I said some of those words might come up later in some of those codes. So if your eyes glazed over before looking at them, you know, now here you can actually look at a piece of the text of it. I don't want us to delve too deeply into what the Mishnah is itself. I just wanted to look at this little piece of this Mishnah that I love so much. Remember I mentioned Mishnah Brachot, that first one that people are uh, so concerned in, um talking about how and when and What to pray? Well, in the fifth chapter in the first Mishnah, there is this whole conversation about rabbis love to use double negatives. Ain ella, you shouldn't. Rather, uh, you can't do anything but the only way to pray. Om dim lahipalal mitoch koved rosh with a weighty head. What does that mean? A reverent state of mind. So this tells the story: the pious Hasidim, though they used to wait an hour before praying what does that mean? What could that mean for us, this COVID Roche situation? What it means for us is where we begin as a congregation, right? What it means is both literally the prayers that we began with are warm-up prayers, and also it's the state of mind that we're trying to get into. We're trying not to just leap into prayer. We're trying to get into it with a COVID Roche. We're trying. You know, the, the rabbinic texts do not shy away from, if you remember from a couple of par- parashat ago, um, the rabbinic texts don't shy away from prescribing emotions. You should love, right? You should be obedient and love. So uh, you should pray with a kovet rosh. <laughs> should be very attentive, and, and we have to get there somehow. And the somehow, according to that story in the Mishnah, to go back to it for a second, is you kind of hang around a while before you really get into praying. And we're really going to get into praying on the High Holy Days, so we really need some warm-up, and that's true any morning when we come in to pray. Okay, so where and when do we begin as a congregation on the High Holy Days? Well, this year, there are going to be some limited two-hour slots on the field, and then there are going to be a whole host of different digital experiences. There's going to be full liturgy on both days of Rosh Hashanah, and those will begin with exactly what I'm talking about and what we'll first look at as text today. Birkot HaShachar, these first morning blessings. So I'll actually start there. Some of these other services, the musical and intentional services that we're going to have, again, digitally anchored and based, uh, the alternative options, the family options, whether that's the Hamalot one you're turning into, tuning into or a sheer they may or may not start there with Birkot HaShachar or with Pesukei Zimra exactly. But they are going to start mitoch kovet rosh. They've got to start from warming into it, right? The fixed liturgy in our tradition gives us something to do that with. So that's what the fixed liturgy is for. And in the full liturgy experiences, we will actually start with that. And in navigating the or in this class, we're, of course, going to start there, because I want you to be able to navigate it this year and any year if we start from that place, or even if you were to do it at home. So what exactly is happening in that first hour or so of prayer? In a little bit, we're going to take a look at the whole prayer body up until the Torah service, and I've changed the name of this. It, I used to call it the skeleton, but that got very morbid, so I changed it to the playbill, um, because I I'm going to tell you more about why I call it the playbill when we actually go to look at it live. And uh, there's a link in these slides to it. And we're going to take some notes live together on it as we discover our way through it together. Before we get to that actual playbill, I want us to talk through some vocabulary together to make sure that we are all on the same page. Again, we talked through some of this in our c class, but I've made a couple of revisions. So I want us to make sure that we're all aware Not everybody walks in with the same language and not just because you might have a certain level, so to speak, of knowledge, but also because there's some Yiddish thrown in there or there's some assumptions thrown in there that might assume different things of you than are true in terms of your background. So let's walk through these. When I say shul, I'm just slipping into a little bit of Yiddish, saying walking into synagogue. Tefillah, rabbinically in texts, Ha Tefillah was just referring to the Amidah. And when we get there, I'm going to talk to you about how once upon a time that really was the core of the service and everything in every true service throughout the year is built around an Amidah. But today, when people say Tefillah, like doing Tefillah, they use it the way they throw around Torah, right? Like I have a great piece of Torah to share with you. They don't mean they're ripping off a piece of Torah scroll. They mean they have something to share with you out of the textual tradition or the oral tradition. Tefillah is the same way. I I had a really great tefillah experience at camp. Maybe they were on a hike. I don't know, right? It could be anything. It's used more loosely. But it generally means prayer. Pasuke to Zimra That's Aramaic. (laughs) It just means pesukim shel zimra, uh, verses of song, okay? Selections from Psalms and other biblical texts. Shachrit. This one is for the clarity of how I'm using it. Shachrit means dawn. It could mean the morning service more inclusively. Could mean just morning services generally. When I say shachrit, I'm referring to the part of the service that begins with the baruchu and gets you through the amidah. We're going to look at that together. That happens every day, including Shabbat. Welcome, Judy. Also, davening—that's another Yiddish word. I just mean praying. Chiyu. Rabbi, can I ask you obligation. A question? obligation. Okay, so that—that that is a word that we're going to get to in another slide in a minute. And chiyuv just has to do with this idea that some people engage with prayer from a place of. I'm going to make sure that I do and say the words that I'm supposed to do and say. Some people's relationship with Judaism and relationship with prayer is, I need to do and say these words. These are the words on the page. I need to say them. That's also true of, uh, this is, you know, I need to give tzedakah, and tzedakah is a chiyuv, it's an obligation, right? I'm supposed to do this because I'm obligated to do it. Okay. Shalich Tzibor, or Shlichat Tzibor, the one who is sent for the community, also abbreviated as the Shatz, not to be confused with Rabbi Shatz, although a great mnemonic for Rabbi Shatz's name and pronunciation. That is the designated prayer leader. Nusach HaTefilah, Nusach can mean two different things. Nusach can mean the version of the text of the liturgy that we're looking at, that's never what I mean, unless I specify that. I mean the music, which is the combination of mode and motif that we're using at the same time. Talit is a prayer shawl. Sidor is a prayer book. Mahsor, as we discussed on the first page, is the prayer book that we use on the High Holy Days. And I want to tell you something in the vein of several things I'm going to tell you, which are in the category of, I don't know if you'll believe me, but I promise you this is true. The only reason the Mahsor exists is because the extent of the differences between the material in the tefillot, in the prayers on the high holy days and uh, Shabbat or any weekdays is so vast that in order to actually include all those prayers, what you would have to append, what you'd have to add to any other siddur would create like an encyclopedia-wide book, if not worse, Right? Like In theory, you could actually manipulate and add to and say, well, you could start with these and then flip here on Rosh Hashanah. But boy, oh boy, would we wind up with the craziest book, right, to include that. Does that make sense to to you? Do you believe me? Maybe you believe me. Maybe you don't believe me. But it's true. Otherwise, we would just have one door, and at some point you would get to the section on Rosh Hashanah. But at some point someone said, Dainu, enough. Like, we're not going to do that. We're going to have our own book for the High Holy Days. Okay? A couple more slides. A few more slides. The mumbling thing. I want to address this as we go through, because we're going to get to a few points where we're talking about uh, the getting through the different pages of the Mahzor. Same thing is true on Shabbat, where we begin a page and then we sort of disappear from vocalized lead davening, right? I'm using the Yiddish word on purpose, lead tefillah, and then come back and at the end of the page, this is a very Ashkenazi practice. And it's done for a few different reasons. It's done so that there's a little bit of a back and forth between the private and the shared public experience. Ah, we're all together at the beginning. Go into your private space and pray, ah, we're back together. It's also done to give time to say every word on the page for those who are, going back to that word, fulfilling their chiyuv. They want to say every word on the page. They feel obligated to do so. What happens if the person leading is too fast for you? Well, there's a whole thing about that. And the idea is that you can, we're going to get to the slide in a minute. Skip the, uh, and that was. let me go back to it. What happens if the person leading is too fast for me? I reorganized these slides, so I'm just going to answer this orally. What happens if, if the person leading is too fast for me? Um, you can slow down and go at your own pace and knowing how to navigate the Mahzor allows for you to take your own time and go through it at your own pace. But, and, if you do want to keep up with the person who's leading, specifically, right, if it means something to you to be on the same page as them, to keep up with the little islands that they are doing out loud, then you can pray almost every word of the mahzor in a valid way in English privately. We'll get to a slide later that highlights that. I'm gonna skip this. We're gonna get, uh, uh, I'm gonna skip this as well, but I do wanna point out that we are gonna get to a moment, I wanna tune you to this idea. What about the first moment that we need to have a minion? I want to attune you to these questions about what's different about this Kaddish and why do we have to say it? What do we do if we don't have a minion? I want us to be attuned to these questions when we get to the playbill, when we get to the outline of the service. So start thinking about that. When are we first going to need a minion as well? Because up until now, we've been talking about a lot of individual stuff with prayer. This is the slide about uh, praying in English. It's a beautiful, beautiful text about praying in English in which the rabbis are clearly wrestling with whether it's possible to pray in English or not, but it really is possible to pray in any language one desires, except that it was clear that at their time, they were really resisting the idea of praying in Aramaic, and that was for a lot of reasons we're not going to get into at this moment, um, but English is definitely permitted for almost every single piece of our liturgy, and for the exceptions, we can talk about that a little bit later on in the course. We're going to get back to um, Mourner's Kaddish as well, but I want to tune you to that question also, and we're going to do a deep dive into Bruch today. I want to talk through this slide. This is the second in the category of, I don't know if you're going to believe me, but I want to tell you one more thing about the machzor. Okay. And this is true about the machzor and it's true about the sidor. And I challenge you to prove me wrong. Every single piece of this machzor is made up of one of three elements, a blessing, a quote from biblical or rabbinic text, or a poem of some kind, some sort of poetry that was written by a human. Those are the three elements. And I want you to be attuned. Again, this is the idea of navigating and awareness. I want you to be aware of when you're encountering each of these elements and how they make up the different parts of the service. A blessing you're going to acknowledge because it says, Baruch or Hashem, or Baruch Atah Hashem, it's in a formula. It has halacha that applies to it and a time and a place, right? It's associated with an action or a time and a place in the service. A quote is going to be quoted exactly from the source that it came from, and often there'll be a marginal note to tell you it. And a poem, we're going to have so much fun with poetry. You're going to hear me go through it and say, these are the things we can skip this year. And also you're going to tell me we can't skip that because those are the parts we love. And that is what makes the Mahsor particularly challenging to cut this year for services, because all the cool stuff is the stuff that we're least obligated to say. What the heck do we do with that? That is going to be one of the cool things we talk about in this class, because if you're coming to this course already great at navigating Sidor and Mahzor, then the awesome thing that you can challenge yourself to do this year is to be that person who can listen or look during the service and say, Oh, I see what she did there. I see what he did there in skipping that, right? You can start to become an expert at what was and wasn't skipped in the Mahzor as you understand how it was built. Okay? Great. Almost done. And I want you to be aware that a blessing is always a prayer, but a prayer is not always a blessing. A blessing comes in that formula, but a prayer might not. And we're going to look for these three categories of blessings as we go along. We're going to look for the short ones, the ones that are just Baruch HaTad Hashems, the long ones that are nice long paragraphs, Baruch HaTar Hashem, Elokeinu HaOlam, and an essay. And then we're going to look for this funny intermediate category that's harder to spot, but once you start looking for them, they're all over the place. Okay? You know the short ones. <laughs> Short. And then it comes back at the end to Baruch That's a long one. Ta da! The connected to a friend ones are kind of in between. They begin with something that isn't a blessing, but they end with a blessing like which we'll look for in today, like any paragraph in the middle of the Amida. That is my only hint to you and I'll point it out to you uh, before the class ends today. So I'm gonna stop with the slides. Now we've welcomed a bunch more people to the class as well. Oh, hi, to Sharon too, that's great. It's so nice to see all these people have joined us. Uh, before we go um, to explore the actual outline of the prayer service, and then look at the Mahzor together. Does anybody have any questions or big comments? But I'm mostly looking for questions here on the slides that we just went through. All right, I'm gonna go Judy, and then Lori, jump on in. My question is Rishi2426, is
1: that the place of the only
0: instance where there's a bracha in the chumash? In the chumash, I think that that's the case. That's a great question. You want to come back and tell me next week? <laughs> I don't remember, but I think that that's the case, that that's the only um, location of a, of a bracha in that formulation in the chumash. I think later in the Tanakh, yes, there are more. Verit is nodding in a way that makes me think that she also thinks that's the case. I think that's the case in chumash. So yeah. All right. Thank you, Veret. Thank you, Rabbi. Okay. Lori.
1: I just wanted to know if the
0: pursuit to Simra, is that, are they all, is it always the same? I'm so glad you asked. That's the perfect transition to, to the, uh, to the, to the playbill, to the outline of the service. Could we, could we go, with, that's going to be right at the beginning. Is that amazing? Okay. So uh, any other questions on that before we go to the playbill? Okay, great. I'm going to tell you why I call it a playbill though, right? So here, here's why I call it a playbill. Uh, because when I go into a show, like a Broadway show, when I go into a show, I open up a playbill and I rush before the lights go down to see what all the numbers are going to be and I look at which characters are in each number, and if I don't know the play, I try to see if there are any hints in the playbill as to what's gonna happen in this act, right? Who's gonna be in which scene? The playbill gives me all sorts of hints at what's coming next, and then, oh, the lights are going down, and we're in it, and we're just sort of in the text. So I want us to think of uh, this outline as something that we can kind of play with in that way. We're going to take a look, beginning from the beginning of Birkot HaShachar, going to to Zimra. and today my plan is to let us go as far as um, as far as uh, the Shema. That's as far as I want us to go. Actually, in the Mahsor. there are a few things to know about the key to this playbill. The first is that uh, there are things that are deliberately grafted. This is the first answer to Lori's question. I'm going to look for her face in here. So Lori, to answer your question, you're going to get the first answer to the question. I think she might have, uh, there she is. Um, so there are things that are almost whole cloth grafted from the Shabbat and weekday morning services. Pesukei de Zimra is one of them. The only thing that's different, and we'll see it tonight, hear it tonight, is the nusach, is the music, the mode motif for it. But it is almost completely the same. Okay, we'll get there in a minute. Then there are some highlighted in green parts that depart almost completely from Shabbat and weekday and the rest of the year. There are some, remember the poems, we very fun things, insertions in the service, and it's important to note that we do not technically need them in order to be complete in our prayers, right? That chiyuv, that obligation, we don't need to get through them. Uh, We're going to get to some where you're going to go, oh, really? We wouldn't need to do that, but you'll see. And then I want to note that some things require a minion, okay? Some of them are overlapping categories, but I did my best to make sure that I could note both where both are necessary. So we're going to start with Birkota Shachar in a little bit. I want us to take a look through this playbill for just a couple minutes, and then we're actually going to go to the Mahzor, but I want us to peek ahead, okay? So we're going to peek ahead for a few minutes. So first, Birkota Shachar, all right? So, Birkot um, Shachar begins at, with the Torah study. It, um, uh, sorry, Birkoda Shachar begins with Blessings of the Dawn. Uh, blessings of the Dawn are, are the Nisim um, Shebechol Yom, the everyday miracle uh, ideas of um, just Asher uh, Natan L'Sachvi Vina L'Avchim Ben Yom Laila, the one who gives the Sachvi the ability to, to discern between day and nighttime, Right? Again, the only difference between that on a weekday and the high holy days is the nusach, is the music and the motif. Okay. And then a little Torah study, a little bit of principles of Rabbi Ishmael. And then we get Kaddish to Rabbanon, which requires a minion. And then there are some Psalms stuck in there we're going to take a look at. And then we get to Mourner's Cottage, which I highlighted in a random color, because even though it requires a minion, we are doing it when we have a minion constituted and anchored on Zoom these days. So I wanted to note it in a different color. And then we get to de Zimra. This is the same order, by the way, that we go through every morning, whether it's Sunday, Saturday or any day at all. OK, any any um, any holiday of the year. Pesuchet to Zimra, the, uh, it begins by us being invited to rise and saying Baruch Shemar, which is kind of a poem, okay, it's a little bit of a poem, but I let it slide because it ends with a blessing. Baruch HaTadoshem, Melech Meholal And then we get to sit down and we do so many psalms and we go through the collections of psalms that are read every day and there's a sandwich there. So you should be aware, every Shabbat and every holiday, there's a sandwich of psalms being done. You can actually experience this in the thicker volume of Sim Shalom, where you have to do some skipping if you're on a weekday. Stuck in between the psalms for every single morning is a, is a chunk, like a, the cream in the middle of an Oreo, that's like, hey, it's a holiday or Shabbat, we do these. Those are there too because it's Rosh Hashanah. It's a it's a Yom Tov, okay, or it's a it's Yom Kippur. So we stick those in there. Then we get to Ashrei. Then we we're gonna get to Psalm 150, Shirat Hayyam, and all of a sudden we're in Nishma Kochai. When we get here, we're gonna talk about how we're in fuzzy territory about whether or not it's the end of Pesukei or the beginning of Shachri. I swear to you, in our Cedar class, we spent like four classes on which. Where is the end of Pasuket Zimra? Where is the beginning of Shachrit? We won't spend that much time here on it, but a little time today on where exactly is the switch from Pasuket Zimra to Shachrit. I put the switch here because this is where a new service leader takes over, a new Shatz or Shalich Tzibor or Shlichat Tzibor, right? At, at this page, 145. They begin at Hamelech. We'll go over why they begin there and how they begin there. You rise, you do Yeshabach. There's a special psalm, we'll look at that, we'll look at Chatzikadosh, and we'll see that Baruchu is there, and both those things require a minion. And today, we're only going to go as far as looking at Yotzer Or, the insertions that happen between Yotzer Or and the first blessing that comes before the Shema, all the way up until the Shema. I want you to note that every single Shacharit morning has the same structure, Baruchu, two blessings, Shema a third blessing, Amida. That is always the structure. By the way, Mari, the evening service, is Baruchu, two blessings, the Shema, another blessing, an extra blessing because nighttime's scary, and the Amidah. So it's the same structure. It is structurally rhythmic, okay? I wanted us to see that 30,000-foot view and for you to have access to that as we go along. Before we actually look into the text together, beginning with Birkoda Shachar, I want to know if anybody has any questions about that structure, about the key or the differentiation between the different parts of the service and the Maksur. Any any questions arising for anybody about this? Feel free to just unmute yourselves and ask if you have any.
1: Would you just uh, real quick go through the, those three uh, structures that are always the same? I can check them out there. By the way, I printed it
0: out. You print it's very colorful. Printed out. Um, <laughs> the 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 structure that is always the same is that we begin with Baruch Hu, mm. and then we have two blessings: blessing number one, blessing number two, the yeah. Shema. Blessing number three, and then we go to the Amidah. That is always the blessing. And you're gonna begin as we dig deeper to start to recognize the components of each of those. That's my goal. I want you to start to know or Al Ta'ir, blessing one. Oh Yisrael, blessing two. Right? Mihamocha. Ah, we're almost to blessing three. Gaal Yisrael, done. Now we're at Amidah. That is always the structure, whether it's evening or morning, okay? There's but something you, about knowing that, uh, that, that I'm hoping starts to feel um, more at home for you. Yeah, Jeff. Uh, just because I missed the beginning, I've got probably four or five boxers. Which one do these pages refer to? To, to the Lev Shalem. Lev Shalem, okay. Yes to the one that has the kind of golden brown toasty cover. And I'm going to put the Lev Shalem up on the screen very shortly. Okay. Okay? So we'll look at it together. So I'm going to stop the screen share. Let me just give one more moment, just in case anybody has any questions. Feel free to unmute yourselves as I'm I'm just pulling up the Mahzor Lev (laughs) shalom anyway. Rabbi, you are doing such a service. You are demystifying the ma'aser. Correct. I'm you glad you feel that, that way.
1: Yeah. Even those of us who have gone to services, you are presenting. I love what you said from thirty thousand feet. Great. You're really zooming out and then zooming in. I love it.
0: Great. I'm. I am glad that it feels that way to you. And I know that uh, this may just feel like the beginning to other uh, folks, because that is, um, it's a lot of material. So if this isn't quite familiar to you yet, then great. But if it's beginning to demystify, that is all I ask for. So... um, let's let's begin to begin whatever moths or you have in front of you i kind of hope it's the love shalem just because it'll make sense to you i think but it'll be interesting if you don't have it if you want to let us know where there are um differences or where questions might arise for you okay so i'm gonna yeah go ahead
1: you were gonna the, the mocks are up, so i don't yep. have to go get
0: my yep i'm about i 'm about to share my screen. I was about to say i 'm going to make it really big on the screen, but as I said to the folks who were here last week there 's this kind of funny thing that uh because the Lev Shalem is is licensed and so it 's not uh and it is quite the 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 tome um they put it out on a reader called Issue, so it's not quite as navigable, <laughs> ironic for the class, as if I just had a PDF. So please be patient with me and with it as a reader. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my best with it. It was pretty responsive last time, but it's not as good as if I just had a, a PDF on screen. So we're going to start. Uh, I'm sharing uh, my screen in just um, now. <laughs> Here we go. So, page thirty-seven. We begin with Bir Hashachar, and it begins standing. And like I said, it is identical to the uh, to the pages. Um, ex- it's exactly what we use in um, in our everyday and in our Shabbat uh, davening. It's just the nusach that's different. So, if you were to walk in at the very beginning of full liturgy services, you get Baruchataronai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlaham, Asher Natanasech Vivinahaha, The Avrin Mein Yom, Uvein Laila. It's not my favorite Nusach in the world, but it's something. I've taught it to enough people, now they do it. Baruchataronai, Eloheinu Melech HaOlaham, Shea Sadi Pitsal Okay, so we go through this page, and the way that this works, I'm is the same way that it works on Shabbat, but I'm gonna go over that anyway because maybe this is interesting and informative to you if you're also a Shabbat davener. So we usually sit down either at the end of this page, hanoten Ya'ef Koach, or as we get to the next page at the top of the page here, ha'ma'avir shenah me'inai Utnuma ve'afapai. And we daven through this page quietly Right? Allah that we go whisper and then we go out loud, whisper out loud and usually come back together at the top of page thirty nine or so at Ashrenu Matov Khalkenu, how happy we are, how good our portion. Umanaim Goralenu and how great is our lot Poetry. Remember all the categories? It's just poetry. And then a biblical quote, Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad, Baruch Shem Kavu lamba Ed, which we actually do out loud on Yom Kippur even here. If you're there early enough in the morning, you get to see that cool moment. Now that's a deep cut, okay? If you're there in services early enough in the morning, on Yom Kippur, you get to hear how this one line that's whispered, In the morning time too, right? You knew that, right? You probably knew that that we said Baruch Shem Kavod out loud on Yom Kippur. But what you probably didn't know, if you don't show up at services in the first two and a half minutes, if not sooner, is that we also do it out loud here, which is really cool. Then, at the end of this part of this page, we go a little bit quiet as we do some private Torah study. As I go. Yeah,
1: where, where the, For that Shema, mm-hmm. you don't cover
0: your eyes or anything, right? Correct. Because the reason that we cover our eyes at Shema, I'm glad you asked, is that uh, we cover our eyes at Shema in order to make certain that we are concentrating closely enough to say every word accurately, because the weight of that, of saying every word perfectly is so heavy on that paragraph. Not at this Shema. That weight is not the same. So we don't worry about that. Okay, but good question. We don't cover our eyes at that one. And then we go quiet to these devotional rabbinic texts, so to speak. They're just suggestions, just so you know. They're just suggestions. You can kind of read it whatever, in whatever language you want in one of these sections so that you can unlock, you're unlocking the level of, of Kaddish that allows you to read your Kaddish to by studying a rabbinic text. That's all it's doing. We study rabbinic text, say Kaddish to This is the first point of many in this course, when I'm going to say, here's a difference between this year and other years. If you're in a place where there's a Minyan constituted in person, Kaddish Jirabbanan will be said. At Temple Betham, if you're not in a place where a Minyan is constituted in person, we're going to be skipping Kaddish Jirabbanan, which is the studying Kaddish that's done in response to having studied those devotional texts. That make sense? is it requires a minion. It's in a category called Devar Shabik Dusha. And then we go to the next page. And this is really interesting. The editors of this Mothzor, I don't know which one Jeff wound up looking at, but the editors of this Mothzor decided to give us Psalm 8. Sure, Um, it, it doesn't, I mean, it has some history behind it, but it's just kind of an interesting and informed poetic choice to give us this Psalm to say. They're just giving us some psalms to add in here. And you'll see one for Yom Kippur. You'll see one now that we do often say at the beginning of services, which is one we say all beginning next Friday when, no spoilers, the new month begins. And then uh, we begin saying this all the way through Hoshan Rabbah in our congregation, uh, the psalm for Elul. We say that here. And then we say the psalm that we say every morning as the last Psalm before Mourner's cottage, and before we begin Pesuket Zimra properly which is Psalm 30 and that's the one that you might recognize because it begins Mizmorshir Shir Hanukat this is so tiny Mizmorshir Shir Hanukat let me see if I can no, nope, now it's too big. see, I don't like this reader thing okay but uh, I apologize, I can't make oh, wait, maybe I can make that happen there we go um, uh, Mizmor Shir Hanukat Tabayit L'david you might recognize that part you might recognize the Eilecha, right? I believe Karla Bach made that rather famous. Eilecha, Adoshem Some people know the melody. You might also recognize it because it's the first place on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur where the Pasuke de Zimra Nusach sneaks in. It's not Pasuke de Zimra yet, but... Nusach creep is real. So people love to start doing the Nusach there because they're like, it's coming, right? And so they do, HaFata Misvidi LeMachol Hihi Pitahtasaki Vtazreni Simcha Limma'ani Zamercha Chavod Velo Yidom And then they always do this. Adonai Elohai LeOlamo ka All right. Listen. Try saving that for your canter at Musach, but if you really need to do that motif there, which belongs at Musaf. But it, everyone's been like waiting for it. We've all been sitting on it. So people like to do that right there. And that's kind of your first, I think it's usually the first musical moment in services if you're there early enough where you go, oh, oh it's the High Holy Days, right? It really feels it right there. It looks like maybe Jeff has something to add or say. Yeah, go for it. Yes, just I'm just curious. We've been using Leib Shalem for, what, two years now? Something like that? The Moxer, I think, has been used for about maybe 10 years in this community. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh,
1: okay. Well, I'm just curious as to how much had changed from the previous version, but that do uh, you have any idea? I mean, I'm looking at Moxers
0: having a little trouble. It, it looks quite a bit different. But did it change a lot with Leib Shalem? Uh Yes, and not that much in this section. No more. Uh, it changed, it changed uh, dramatically in the sections that involve pu team in the poetry sections, but not very much when it comes to this section. So you and I could have a little back and forth on what actually changed in this area, because that will be interesting to see what, what looks different to you. So you should be able to eventually find right before Mourner's Cottage somewhere stuck in there should be this page should be the page before modern scottish
1: actually to me the biggest changes as far as what this these areas and stuff is the stuff on the sides the right. the explanations were the huge change from the old moxer the silverman moxer which is what we used before
0: right it is it is substantial there're a lot of marginal comments uh great okay so Then we get to Mourner Scottish. That's it. And we do say it. Whether there's a minion in person or whether we're constituting a minion digitally, we do it. And then we get to Baruch Shemar. And now we really are in Pasuke de Zimra. And Baruch Shemar is how I teach people to lead Pasuke de Zimra because it contains the full musical pattern of Pasuke de Zimra. (orfznitation) Baruch Shemar v'haya ha'olam, Baruch Hu, Baruch Hosei v'rishit, Baruch Omer Hosei, Baruch g'ozir v'nkayim, Baruch Merachem ha'aretz, Baruch Al al'habriyot, Baruch m'shalem sachar tov Baruch haylad v'kayam l'netzah. Baruch po deu baruchu baruch shemo. Now that's the way to end. Baruchu baruch shemo is the non ending, right? So if you want to be a little less dramatic, that's that's what you'll hear. a little haunting. And that's our first. Uh, that's the beginning of Pesukei Zimra. Stepping back from High Holy Days for a second. Any morning when we are davening, whether it is Tuesday, Shabbos, or Yom Tov, it's Rosh Hashanah, the basics of Pasuke Eta Zimra. if you come late or you're like, I like to take my time, give me the best outline, Cantor Chorny, how do I do just, you know, the basics of Pesuch Eta Zimra? Well, our rabbinic texts tell us that the best shorthand to catch up if you're running late to Pasuke uh, de Zimra, the, the uh, preferable shortcut version is the following. You do Baruch Shemar and then you hop, skip, and jump straight to Ashrei, Because we really need to say Ashrei a few times a day, according to some guy who said you should probably say Ashrei a few times a day. It's just very deep in our in our rabbinic text is this idea of saying Ashrei multiple times a day. Some sort of like a luck to it. So we say it a lot. And then... If you don't have time for any more than this, straight to Psalm 150. Hallelujah, Hallelujah El et show, etc, etc, because then you're symbolically finishing the book of Psalms. If you have a little extra time, you can back up and you can do Psalm 148 before you do Psalm 150. Normally, on a, on a totally normal year of high holy days, we would go page by page, just like on a normal Shabbat morning in the sanctuary or in the library minion, we would go page by page by page through Pesuch Eta We would just do it page by page. We'd start on the next page. We'd begin with the Peticha, the opening. And then we'd end right here at the Hatima, where the little triangle thingy is. etc, Mehod, etc. etc. But because we're short on time this year for all the reasons in all the services, whether it's because you're in person and we need to, for safety and legal and time-limited purposes, need to keep services shorter, or whether it's Zoom and we're just aware of people's attention spans and the need to provide options, we're not going to be doing the full pasukia to Zimra in almost any space. So we're almost certainly going to be skipping through. So there are some highlights by the either here or in other places. And if you're a regular in the Beitenu space, you're probably much more used to the idea of having um having s- like hop, skips, and jumps through Psukei de Zimra through its highlights. So places like Romemu Adonai Elohenu and singing Craig Topman's Romemu Romemu Adonai Eloheinu. Sure. And then uh, uh, Hoshia Sure. Right. Um, lots of great highlights you could get through. Miha'ish on this acrostic one's a great one. Right. And then often, if we're not going to just hop over to Ashray, we will typically hop over to Halal Hagadol, which also involves an invitation to rise. This is one we do also on Pesach. You might recognize it from Seder night if you guys make it to Halal people love responsive poetry Yay! so this isn't just don't get me wrong this isn't just a poem this is a psalm it's a biblical quote okay so people like doing this we rise for this because there's a lot of God names in it right every time you get to yeah anyway and then uh, and then after that we get to it's sort of weird we just keep sticking the psalm for Shabbat in often it's there even on just Rosh Hashanah so uh, that's on page 58 and then we get Psalm 93, just because that's the next psalm. <laughs> so 92 is a psalm for Shabbat. Then we go to 93. It's not very creative, but we do that. And then we go to another biblical quote, and then ashray. Okay? And that's when we get to, and often you'll just get a skip from Halo Hagadol to ashray if you're in a skippy kind of service. And then often we're going to get to, remember I said 148 is like the next skip. So usually you'll skip a few psalms here. And you'll wind up at page 62 at the bottom. But thank you, Navatahila. They wrote a great tune for it. So that's great, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Great. Good thing they wrote it for that because our sages really liked us doing that song. So. And then we'll skip over 149 and go straight to... This bolded Psalm 150, which I assume is bolded either because a lot of people sing it or because they really wanted us to know. We should probably say it before we finish. A lot of places this year might skip shiratayam You don't have to say the Song of the Sea. You don't have to recite through it. But we do recite through it every, every morning, normally, in services. We do some verses in anticipation of it. We kind of tell the story, how we get there, right? And then... We get to Oz right here, right, and we sell the poem. Yeah, who who determines what psalms get read? You mean like on Rosh Hashanah day one in yeah, some no. ra- in some whatever service? Yeah. Who, who's like you mean? Let me back up a second. Like last Shabbat morning on Zoom, who decided like which psalms and pasukim is We were doing. Because We
1: skip over like you you said. Oh, here we are. One whatever and now we're on 94 you know i mean
0: whoever is leading it's at their discretion say again. it's at the discretion of whoever is leading okay. and uh that means being really attuned to your community you know mm-hmm. uh to know what they want and don't want which means that i mean listen you too can be like the congregants who email me and say it's been a few weeks since you saying this would you mind?" So I do get those emails. If you'd like to be that person too, I invite you to be that person. Just be kind. I, I really mean it. You know, Karen, if you've got a favorite, just let me know. Uh, I can't promise anything, but the next time I'm on for Shachari, maybe. Okay. So um, that's how it gets determined, whoever's on. And then Azishir could get skipped because we don't have to do it. And it is a time suck. So uh, that finishes up with Ki Lado Shem HaMalucha and Mosheel then there's this beautiful little poem which we don't sing in our community because who has time for extra poetry in the morning, but some people like to read it. It's beautiful. Shacharabakesh katsuri I love that. It's so beautiful. There's no time for it. But whoever is leading pesuke is usually realizing that they're running out of time at this point, right? This is usually about the point where they go, oh my gosh, we're running late on pasuke." So they usually skip over straight to...
1: Uh, one second, please. Yes. Uh, for Azashir is Moshe. Yes. Is the tune a, a special Rosh Hashanah tune, or is it the traditional? So,
0: it, um, I would guess that people would not do it at all out loud, meaning I wouldn't apply Rosh Hashanah Nusa to Azashir. So once I get there, I would just stop, and if I were going to sing it, I would sing it to one of the prescribed melodies that people often sing Azir Sheer to.
1: I, well, if it was regular, I, it would be sung in the library menu. Like, I can't remember how it gets done if it's, that's why I'm asking.
0: Right. I, I can't imagine that it would be done okay. ever to, like, a high holy day nusach applied to it. It would either okay. be done in trope or Azir Sheer Moshe, you know. Okay. Yeah, okay. I think you're right. I think it's just kind of normal, yeah. Yeah, of course. And then. Sorry, Rabbi,
1: if you don't mind repeating. Sure. What is the beautiful little piyut that typically there's no time for? It's after. It's before Az Yashir. I caught that. Yeah.
0: It's a. Shafar Avakeshka. It's an Ibn Gabaral special. So, Ibn Gabaral, I'm sure I'm butchering his name. But he was the man when it came to medieval poetry. People teach amazing courses on him. You can look, actually. I'm sure JTS has some recorded archived courses on him. This is one of his many beautiful poems that made it to the Sidor and Mahsor. And this is a poem about Don. Okay. Is it page 66? Got it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You got it, and it's in the cedar too. Actually, it used to have a prominent place in the cedar slim shalom, but I think it kind of lost its place in the new one. But it is an Ibn Gabaral special. That that guy that guy knew how to write a poem. Can you can learn from he wrote beautiful poetry, uh, and then Nishmat. Also just a poem, but a beautiful poem. So people like it, right? So if you're going to need to cut poetry this year because it's like not required liturgy, it's going to be hard year. But people love to sing Nishmat ever since Joey Weisenberg wrote that great tune. And then it's a pretty lengthy poem at that. A beautiful one. It's two pages long. And this is definite gray zone territory. Are we in Pasuge to Zimra? Are we in Shachrit? I don't know. I would say Pasuge de Zimra. That's my camp. I say Shachrit starts like right before Baruchu, but some people say this is still like this is already Shachrit-ish territory because Pesukei really finishes with Psalm 150 when we finished it formally. So we're in we're in the no person's land territory. Uh, we finish up at the top of page. 69. And I would like to point out to you my least favorite thing so far that we've come across in the class, meaning the thing we've come across so far that is my least favorite editorial choice in the book, which is that they've marked this place, which is not where the new Chazan, Chazanit, uh, shots person starts bleeding from. This is not right. Like, this is not a helpful marking. This is where the next person starts. I think this is misleading a little bit. I don't know. They seem to have tried very hard, but like, good try. But this is very confusing. This is not where we start. This is where we start. We start at HaMelech for either Rosh Hashanah or Yom Kippur, but it's based on the idea that Malchut is at the center of the whole season, especially Rosh Hashanah, but uh, at the whole season, Malchut being sovereignty, kingship, right? The whole idea of, of the crown of glory.
1: So if I could just uh, throw in a thought. I yes. Think the reason that they did the Ha'el thing is because the person who's been leading up until now comes in at that point to conclude what they're doing. Uh, and, yeah. and then Hamelach, starting right totally as a totally new paragraph, centered, makes a big point of that really being the break. I think that was their thinking.
0: I agree. I totally think that that was their thinking, too. And if you know that Hamelik is where you start, I think that that makes perfect sense. I just sort of wonder. I, I, I totally agree, Henry. And I think it was like a really good, good try on their part. And also, I think it just sort of takes a, a slight disclaimer, maybe. Uh, that, that this is a little, a slightly misleading. Only in that, Ha'el Petatsumaruzecha. Well, let's, let's let somebody who we haven't heard from so much answer this question. On what days would we start at Ha'el? where it indicates here, would the new Shaliyah tzibor, tzibor, start there? Because that is a starting point, just not on Rosh Hashanah. Does anyone know? Even if you have chimed in before. Shabbat. Every Shabbat. Not on Shabbat. Ha'el? Ha'el is for Yom Tov. Right? Because um, Shochenad is for Shabbat. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're right. Right? And Ha'el is Yom Tov. So Ha'el is the other, other Yom Tov, right? So Ha'el right. Is, is Pesach and Sukkot and Shavuot. Ha'el betah to t'uzerah, right? That's the only reason why I sort of go, eh, that's a little confusing, because it is a Yom Tov beginning, it's just not this Yom Tov. But it is a really good try, because it is, it is the end of where the last person needs to come in still. That's true. All right, let's see if we can get as far as the Shema. I think we can get a little bit further, and then I will, my goal is that in about six minutes, I will stop talking, and I'll stick around to answer questions uh, when we get there. So this is, again, if, let me just check, take, take a look at who's still uh, hanging with us. Lori, to go back to your question before about Pesuke de Zimra, and to go back to the framing of where things are kind of the same as Shabbat and not the same as Shabbat, this This is identical text still till Shabbat. It's just kind of edited and musically justified differently, right? It sort of makes the music super important because it changes the whole tenor and atmosphere of the situation because this is identical. If you were to open Sidor Lev Shalem next to it, it would be identical, identical to this. But we're not singing that here, right? We're singing... Um, I don't know I'm not usually on for shahret it's usually somebody else in, in the sanctuary it's been a long time since I've been asked to be on for this part
1: but where, where was that that
0: you just sang um, that was the uh Shohein had maharom, the kadoshimah. Right? That's the Shoheinan here. Ha Ah, me veh, Yoshev alkisiram benisa. Shohein had maharom, the kadoshimah. No. Yeah, it's just fancy, fancy high holy day nusah. And, um, uh, then Uvmakalot, Yishtabach, all of it identical to Shabbat davening, right? And no indication here, but this is also where you're asked to rise, right? So, just give if, if in case you're making notes in your Siddur, you might make a note that you're invited to rise at Yishtabach, right here at the bottom of the page. Um, Right, as opposed to El See how the music totally changes? It's the same words, but the music totally or That's very high holy days. Or, the music is the only difference. It's exactly the same words. Then, we have a little exception. Oops. (coughs) We have a little exception in that we pause to insert this psalm, which, by the way, little asterisk, in this era of COVID, we have been actually inserting the psalm in daily davening. Pretty cool. Uh, There's often an arc opening. I don't know why. I guess it's a good excuse for an arc opening. So there's an arc opening. We do that. And then, if you're in a place where there's a minion, this is where I marked on the outline, you would do Chatzim This is not the Yitzchatah. This is not that one. Okay? This is not the famous Yitzchatah, Vijit Not that one. This is just Yitzchatah, Vijit Just the morning plain one. And then, again, if you have a minion, Baruchu. It's fun nusach. I hope we get to do it this year somewhere. Rosh Hashanah has its own paragraph. Yom Kippur gets an extra, extra paragraph. Both days we have this really cool It's a very cool uh, line. Both because of its music and also because of what it means. Or, the eternal light is found in the Otsar Chaim in the treasure of life. God said, um, let there be light from from darkness. So it is. it is it is a, an extra declaration of God's creation y p- prowess and powers on the high holy days. And then, uh, we have two different things that happen. If you've been paying attention to the calendar, we have Shabbat as the first day of Rosh Hashanah this year. We have a weekday, Sunday, right? Sunday's a weekday in Davening. <laughs> Sunday's a week. So that's what I mean. So it says on weekdays we recite. Don't forget, Sunday's a weekday to Jews. <laughs> so very confusing. Um, that's what we would do. we go right to the next page, yer Laaretz, Identical to normal weekday davening, except the music. Hamir maleha. Identical. We go through that on Sunday. If it's the Saturday, though, we go to Shabbat. Right? Hakol But you have to switch the music. Hakol ve'kol So it's just a matter of the music switching over. And oh, look at the bottom of the page—a poem. Yay, poems. So, uh, El Adon is a poem, but don't, if you skip El Adon this year, do not tell them I was the one to tell you to skip El Adon in your service this year if you're in charge of some service outline. Um, but, you know, it's a time, so it does take a long time to sink through it. And then uh, services continue here on Shabbat. La Ella share Shabbat. Again, it's the same exact Nusach as we do on Shabbat. I'm sorry, same exact words, just different Nusach. Okay. And then we have a page where you join up together and it's identical to any Shabbat and to any weekday. Okay. We are in totally shared territory. It's just the music that changes. If you're following along here, we are almost a blessing number one. We are almost the official blessing number one, the blessing over light, right? We are almost a blessing number one of blessing one, two, and three, that sandwich around Shema. So this is... Blessing number one right here. Orchadash, ta'hir. Right here. But in order to get to it, we get this miniature little kadusha situation, which next time we will get into, and we'll get into the poetry of this moment. Kulam ahuvim, kulam kulam giborim. Look at the poet who wrote that. It's like a Mother's Day acrostic. It's great. Um, and then you have some hearts on this page. What's that? Berucha number one. So blessing number one is all the way down. It's the very last line on your page, is blessing number one. Uh, okay. We're almost there. Or if your person leading you can't help themselves. I'm just saying, there's some some leaders. <laughs> Every single blessing. And then the next page, this should look familiar to you too. Now you're, you're deep in familiar territory, right? Both these pages should be, but this is the page, let's be honest, where you glaze over a little. You're like, what is even happening here between the Baruch Hu and this first one? Here's what's happening here. Kadusha de Yotzer, okay? You're doing this little mini Kadusha, a little angelic praise of God. It's just a giant paragraph of poetry. You participate in two little spaces, just like on the Kedusha, in the Amidah, Padosh, Kadosh, Kadosh, Adoshem, o Maloch, aretz Kavodo, right? And Baruch, Kavod, Adonai, Mim, same thing, okay? And then you finish with that blessing number one, and we get to the second blessing page, which you know, which, let's be honest, some people, even on Rosh Hashanah, I mean, some people are just going to do it, maybe. And they're going to get you all the way through this page with great, abundant love. Uh, you have loved us, God. Adonai Eloheinu. And we get to the bottom of the page and we get to the second blessing, love, which gets us up to the Shema. Okay? Baruchat b'mo israel. I wouldn't blame you if you did be a hava. Because you're, you're preparing for... Shema Yisrael Ado Ado and if it's not Yom Kippur, whispering the next line. Okay, I am going to unshare my screen because it's 848, so it's pretty close. I'm, I'm going to stick around here because I try to honor that I said that this class is going to be an hour and 15 minutes each time Next time, we're going to move from this uh, Shema space into Amida for Shahri and all the way, hopefully, through the Torah service. That is, is my hope. Okay, we might even get further than that, too. We might even get into the first parts of Musaf which would be wonderful. Uh, I really <laughs> hope you stick with this and stick with this with this group. I'm not going anywhere. I'll answer questions for the next few minutes, but I just honor the fact that some people don't have more than 75 minutes to give. So I want to let you know what's coming next time and encourage you to come next time as well. Uh, I, I, hope, uh, I hope that's exciting to you. Um, and now anybody who has questions or... Um, Rabbi, now, now I, yeah. on page 77. Yeah. Covering up very eyes covering of the eyes Um, yes that one we cover our eyes for because the whole like wanting to say every single word of that just right yeah
1: what, what's the schedule as far as has has it been finalized a little bit about what's going to happen in the synagogue?
0: Yeah, we're very close. T- tomorrow we have a meeting with the clergy. So we'll, we'll finish our schedule for both days of Rosh Hashanah and then we'll publish that to the community. So there are going to be at least three digital service offerings each day of, of the High Holidays, including what, each day of Rosh Hashanah specifically with... Uh, a full liturgy service each of those days. And there are also going to be three slots the first day and either two or three slots the second day that are out on Zearing Field with a certain number of people hovering between the highest number would be 150, but it's much likely to be uh, much more likely to be lower than that number. Uh, that will be open to reservation very soon. So we'll open up slots or reservation for people to sign up for those. Uh, and then the Yom Kippur schedule will come out after that.
1: Now, what you people will be doing on the zeroing field, but who will be doing the three services?
0: So we have a lot of clergy coverage over the different services, and we're rotating in and out of all those spaces. Oh, really? Oh, right? okay. So the way that it's going to work is I'm going to be on the field likely for one of the most early services because i'm on for musaf both of the days in the full liturgy service online like in the in the online anchored space so that means that i'm going to do an in-person something on the field early in order to make sure i can be in the sanctuary later and then there's a similar rotation happening with rabbi kligfeld where he's actually on for the earlier part of those sort of sanctuary anchored services so he's on the field a little bit later and Rabbi Schatz and actually Rabbi Josh Wachowski's on in the rotation. There's some Cantor Michelle Stone somewhere in there mixed too, so we're, we're mixed around. So, but you say
1: there's going to be a full service, like a four-hour service? There's going to be all going to be two hours.
0: There is going to be a way for you to kind of soup to nuts, turn tune into. I, I can't remember the timing that we wound up thinking of, but basically like 9.30 to noon I think is what we imagined it as where you start at Bir uh, Shachar uh, uh, and go all the way through the end of Musaf but even that won't be even when I say full liturgy soup to nuts because that service doesn't have a minion of human beings in the room at it there's still so much stuff we have to cut so it's still shorter okay. than usual right so you're right it won't be as long as usual Okay, but there is going to be
1: one that'll keep us. Bu- I mean, I'd rather yeah. be busy on the holiday than yeah, you no, know, just sitting only two hours with work. Yeah, but I can't. I won't go to the synagogue because of my age. I'm too old to be sure. around people.
0: You know, Barbara, when I I have I'm running this high holy day liturgy subcommittee, like to to kind of plan, and we've had two meetings. We're about to have a third. And since the beginning, the most surprising thing to me, but I suppose I shouldn't have been surprised, is the number of people who have said, we just sort of want there to be a High Holy Day thing running all the, like through each day, like all the way through, right? I want to just sort of be able to tune in and have it there, (laughs) right? Because they're long days and people, um, if you can't be at the shul, you want to be able to kind of...
1: I guess tune in, but but people are well, used to going to one thirty or so. Yeah, million. I mean that's kind of normal.
0: Yeah, it'll be and it'll be odd because there are other elements missing. You know, miss our meals of people, miss other things too. I uh, exactly. Yeah, I really, I really feel, um, I feel bereft of that myself, um, and uh, and we're still trying to figure out how to. I mean I don't know. There's some sort of metaphor in here that will be instructive somewhere and I'm still waiting for the Torah on it, but basically like I don't know how people survive eating like a shake that tastes the same every day. Um but or or something like that, like on soylent or something, but basically uh Zoom is still Zoom is still Zoom, you know? Yeah. And I and I and I feel that even teaching this class, I feel a little badly. Like it still is just you opening up another screen, and you know being in another class through a screen. So I feel that rent, you know, really hard.
1: I don't think you should, should feel that way about Zoom. I actually like not having to run to the synagogue. <laughs> I'm, bl- uh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I actually like these things. I don't know about others.
0: Yeah, well, it enables me. Know to actually participate because we live so much further away in the traffic. So I've been able to enjoy a lot more. Yeah. 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 I only feel that I want everything to be differentiated to have their, its own flavor. Right. So, you don't, so your eyes don't lose <laughs> over, you know, yet another staring at the screen, but I'm glad that it enables you to participate. I am for both of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This has been uh, wonderful. Thank you for coming tonight, every one of you. Um, I'm really excited to to get past the shema very exciting because i've spent two weeks on this so now i'm ready let let's uh let's get through the amida you ready next week i'll, I'll see you next I'll put week it into my schedule to come back to next week great i will see you next week <laughs> thank All you right. really bye you. everybody you have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from temple beth a dynamic center for conservative judaism in los angeles